This is a HeadGum Original. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. It's hard being an entrepreneur. That's entrepreneur. At Brown Meadows, home for seniors. Oh, what up, fool? Leroy Brown is the man of the house. I'm a winner. He's misbehaved. <laughs> misinformed. I feel like my hands growing back, is it? Hallelujah. And misunderstood. This is vintage. 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 Yes. But he's always there for those in need. What can Brown do for you? That's the Brown has to deliver my baby. You know, speaking the English. <laughs> Meet the Browns. I love me some Brown. I'm Lauren Lapkus. And this is the seventh episode of the third season of Newcomers, where we're here. Actually, it's going too fast. Yeah, I can't believe it's the seventh episode. Theoretically, we only have three more episodes. I'm not done watching. I'm not done. I'm not done. We're not done. It's not gonna end at 10. That's absolutely the wrong choice. I yeah, I just I can't. It's this is okay, so today we experienced two episodes of one sitcom which you would never have known if as you weren't <laughs> totally, told it was the same totally. sitcom. So it's Meet the Browns. It aired on TBS for five whole seasons from uh, 2009 to 2011. Yeah, and we watched the pilot which is called Meet Brown Meadows and season four, episode 14, Meet the Trainer. <laughs> and we'll be getting into a bunch more movies and TV shows in the weeks to come. And if you want to watch Meet the Browns, it's on DVD or you can watch it on Amazon, Apple TV and BET Plus. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're going to spoil the episodes for you. So watch first if you want to be on the same page. But Nicole, uh, before we bring out our guest, um, what were your initial thoughts? <laughs> this was our first time watching a sitcom yes. of his, right? Yeah. Yes. Very first time seeing Meet the Browns or any Tyler Perry sitcom. I had to make sure I was watching the pilot 
because I was Me like, too. Whoa. I was like, they jump right in. This yes. I don't know who anyone is. I don't no. know who anyone is to each other. And then there's a hundred guest stars. Yes. Like I was like, and I was like, well, who's actually on the show? And then when we watched the later episode. I was like, well, two prominent people from the pilot aren't even in this episode. No. And I also was like, is the show about him running an old folks home? Or was that just like a hijinks thing from the first? I, I It was like, I think it's cause a then, hijinks Because then when we thing. cut to season four, he's fully like doing totally different things. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of questions, but I also found it very funny. I will say that the audience was going crazy. Now, crazy. I want to know if that was a real audience or not, but the laughs were big. And so we're, and they were back to back to there was no air for anything. There's no air. And sometimes some of the jokes weren't even like fully. You weren't sure if someone was being funny or not. Yes. And then it was like hardcore laugh. And I was yes. like, OK, <laughs> like there was I can't remember what the joke was. It was like her 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 breath smells like feet or whatever. And that got a huge laugh. But then earlier, this woman was like, the old folks home is on fire. And they talked about this fire in present tense. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's funny. They were like, we have to get them out of there right now. And then like a hundred people walk in. I, uh, but also then, I mean, we'll get into all of it, but then like Mr. Brown was being very funny talking about each one of them and who they looked like. And I was like, was this improv? It was like really good. Like, like, <laughs> a lot of people are improvising on the show. It also feels like. A lot of takes were the first and only, and some too. of the lines just weren't there, but they well, said we must persevere. I'm hoping that our guests can tell us if if those uh, theories are true today. We have a very fun guest. We're so excited. It's Dulce Sloan. Hello, friends. Dulce is a comedian. She's an actress that corresponded on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. She also voices Honeybee on Fox's new animated series, The Great North, which premiered in February. And she was in one of these episodes, Meet the <laughs> Trainer. So we we have to hear everything that happened. <laughs> Welcome, I, okay. Dulce. Hi, Dulce. I gotta know. Did you know of Tyler Perry's works before you got to do the episode? Oh, absolutely. Now, one, this was the fourth season. Oh, yes. Two, House of Pain was on at the same time. Mm. Um, Oh. Also, he was doing the stage play still. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So it was like Medea goes to, I don't know... The moon, like it was just a lot of. I would watch it. Yes, I um, would honestly love that. Honestly, me and me and uh, she's me on and, the moon. <laughs> me the moon. Uh, me and Baron Vaughn were trying to make plans to go see the uh, Boo Medea Halloween movie, mm-hmm. and we couldn't coordinate our schedules because I was like, I have to see how Tyler Perry does a scary movie because it's going to be fucking hilarious. But I found out I didn't know anything about him until a few years before. Because his plays were so popular, mm-hmm. you could like you went to go see these plays at like the Atlanta Civic Center. Like Oh, was, really? Yes, these were huge wow. venues. And he was traveling, like basically it's like wherever, like before Cat Williams went mainstream, mm-hmm. it was like wherever Cat Williams was going. Mm-hmm. So it was like wow. your Atlanta Civic Centers, uh, your New Orleans Civic Center, mm-hmm. uh, your Basically, all the cities named in a James Brown song. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> wherever the blacks are, that's where Tyler Perry is bringing. I think it. it's called the Chitlin Circuit, which I, I don't know if that's it. a nice thing to say. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say but it. That's I what. That's what it's called. It's what it's called. But I don't know um, if we call it that or if that's the name it was given. It's, and I've yet to be able to figure that out. So yeah. I don't like to use the term because I'm like, did we say Chitlin Circuit or did they say Chitlin Circuit? <laughs> and Lauren's like, might- I won't say anything. I, I, I was. I will. I simply won't say the words. <laughs> And that's where that'll be. <laughs> if Lauren says it, it'll be Chitterling Circuit. That's where. You should wait till I say Hallelujah. It's not good. <laughs> it makes me laugh so hard. But like, I had gone to my mom took me to go see. So when he started getting like after like Diary of a Mad Black Woman came out, which is actually a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, we liked it. And we liked it. Honestly, the amount of white women that were coming up to me after that movie came out and telling me, "Make sure your husband always has a bank. Make sure you have a bank account your husband never knows about." <laughs> no. That movie triggered the hell out of white women. Like they were like, <laughs> "I went through this." I don't even stop you. I was in fucking college. This woman was like, "My husband did the exact same thing." To me. That's so funny. But <laughs> I say a black lady. I have to tell her things. Yes, very so I was like, funny. I got it. And I was like, "Girl, I've never." I'm in college, ma'am. I'm hoping for this life. Um, truly, but. Yeah, so, like, you could go to, because a girl I was friends with, she had, like, the Medea box set. Oh, I oh, love it. Fancy. So, this was before Tyler Perry went mainstream, before the CBS deal. And they were selling DVD box sets of his plays at the shows. So, she had, like, four or five of the he plays. He really wow. fucking gamed the system. Yes. He was doing these plays and then was like, just give me a little bit of money and I'll prove to you that I have the audience. Because it's like, if you sell out a fucking civic yeah. center, these people, they see your name, you name everything Tyler Perry presents or whatever, they're going to follow. I mean, yes. wow. People did not realize his follow. Like, these white folks had no idea his following was so huge. Because when mm-hmm. I saw him at, when my mom took me to go see Medea Goes to Jail, um, it was at the Fox Theater in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So he had, you know, graduated from the civics and he's in the fox theater people like the only other time i've been the i was like i've rec- i did like a show with trevor in atlanta at the fox theater yeah mm-hmm. so this wasn't like you know some little rinky dink i mean not the civic center's rinky dink but these are big venues you know yeah. this isn't like a church auditorium this man has huge venues and so um because clayton english was a recurring character on uh house of pain and that was like 2007 also i found out uh, when I was doing my podcast that uh, Tyler Perry has the record for it's the black sitcom that's ran that's run the longest which one house of pain how long has that been on it beat no it had the most episodes it beat the Jeffersons by one episode wow <laughs> just he's one petty. more he's, he's petty he's petty <laughs> he like <laughs> I'm sure someone's like you're really close to breaking that record and he's like not only will I break it I'm just gonna do one one more just one more just one he's more he's funny but the thing is like cause he had a sh- like House of Pain went to syndication in like three years mm-hmm. because um they would air two ep- new episodes every night so like every so what? like the show every came out night? on Wednesday it was two new episodes that night he is so prolific. I can't, I mean, honestly, well, that's what I want to hear about with your experience with being on the show was how fast it worked because we talked about acrimony last week or <laughs> yeah, maybe a couple weeks days. ago. And it was shot in eight days, a full movie. So I'm like, well, a sitcom, he's like, we do this in two hours. Like, there's like gotta be no. <laughs> so they shot the whole episode in a day. 
uh, which most sitcoms we know is a week. Yes. Um, Wait. Wait, so just to to tell people if they don't know, so typically how a multicam sitcom would work is you'd come in on Monday for a table read. You might Uh have a rehearsal. You'll have a couple days of rehearsal. You and then on like the Thursday, you might shoot a couple Mm -hmm. scenes that need like a car or something that's not on a set or that the audience wouldn't be able to see from where they're sitting. And then on the final day, if if it's on a Friday, you have a full audience, and that's going to be a whole day of work Mm -hmm. of just getting ready for the show, and then a five to six hour taping, maybe longer. They do three takes and move on. <laughs> three takes and move on. Three takes and move on. There's something kind of amazing about it because from my experience on multicams, like from Monday to Friday, the script is totally different. Like mm-hmm. they've done so many rewrites. They, it's almost like they've heard it too many times. Maybe yes. Tyler's theory is we don't need to hear it more than once. It's funny on the first time. <laughs> Let's just go for it. I will say this. I think he should do it a second time. I think it's like maybe just go through it one more Just one time. more. Just one just more. Just one more. Another set well, of eyes or something. <laughs> well, bring light to, 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 so you know when you watch the pilot and it's like you already know who all the characters are? Mm-hmm. Yes, but you, but like so, the Browns were our was another series of plays. Okay, oh. I did think so, that I because I, did they have a movie as well about the Browns or was it just the play? I think it's I, like the Browns play is available okay. to watch. Right. So is is Tyler Perry in the Browns play? I think he comes on, but it's not like I think um he's not a consistent. It's not like Medea. Okay. Yeah, like the Browns plays. Yeah. I think it's because like. Because that's why when, like, the episode starts, it's like, how do everybody already know who right. everybody Yeah, it was, like, is? kind of wild. Well, so that's interesting. So then you're saying that, like, people already knew the characters from the play, so that's why they didn't feel the need to establish everything for maybe someone like me who's just turning it on in TBS for the first time. Mm-hmm. Right, because there was a 2008 movie called Meet the Browns. Okay, and he, okay. Mr. Brown casually mentions Medea at one point, I believe, in the pilot. Did I, Yes, I, I think because he does. He knows, because he knows Medea. It's just so, very funny to be like, well, I'll give it to Medea or whatever. <laughs> Wait laughing. a minute. I'm looking at Tyler Perry's House of Pain, not to change the subject. Okay. And it has nine seasons. Yeah. And season eight aired from October 2011 <laughs> to August 2012. And season nine has aired from September 2020 to January 2021. So he brought it the fuck back. This man. Yeah. I love him. This isn't, this is truly like, imagine having your show canceled in 2012. And then eight years later, Tyler Perry is like, that's what you thought. <laughs> you back. And brought it and, back. So in the pandemic too. So yeah, yeah. So the plays. So the meet the Brown plays started in 2004 and then, um, so he wrote the play in 2004. It looks like it was published in 2005. And then there's the TV show and there's the movie in 2008. And then the TV show in 2009. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it was, yeah, because I just want to get the dates right. So it was plays first, then it was a movie, then it was a TV show. And then what's even more funny is that David Mann, who plays Brown, and Cora, who plays his daughter, they're actually a married couple. Wait, which one's Cora? Oh, Cora is the one who she's the um she's a light thought, skin heavyset woman. I thought oh, she was his wife. I, I could not figure out the relationship for the life of me. Because he's show, supposed to be older. He's older, so on the show, I believe he's her father, like a long last dad situation. I will say oh. that was unclear in the pilot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh fully fully not clear at all. 
That's yeah, really so funny though. In Medea's class reunion, is revealed that Brown is actually Cora's mother, is Cora's father. So he's taking his new daughter into the family. So oh. it's yeah. So they're actually a married couple, David and Tamala Mann. And um, also, if you want to hear she, her gospel albums, are uh, amazing. Oh my god, wow. I listen to her all the time. Oh. She has a remake of "Take Me to the King," dude. Mm. I've seen her on something. Oh yeah, I've seen her sing. I can't remember what it was. Oh wait, she wait, is... hold on. Now I got to look this up because I think. <laughs> She's an amazing singer. I actually like. Yes. Okay. She sang at the um, Oprah tour that I went to. <laughs> Sounds right. Amazing. Wait, were you at the tour where she fell down? Yes. Oprah? Yes. Yeah. Oprah. Oprah's, oh my God. It was. She's the like craziest. talking about walking. And she, no, she literally talks about balance. You oh, need balance in your life. She's like, it, and it's and amazing. She falls down. She, she was All like, the, way. You need, the, the screen behind her said balance. <laughs> and then it was like, no. you need balance in your life. And we're going to talk all about balance today. And we're going to find ways to make your life perfectly balanced. And then her feet Shut. go, whoop, 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 whoop. Shut up. Was like, it was like, Shut up. It's the it was, best. And there's like thousands of people in this place. And I love it's that. so we're all, and we're all her biggest fans. We're all going, mm-hmm. no, like everyone's free. <laughs> And then she fell and there was no one on stage with her. So she just fully fell and there was no chair or anything to grab onto. And everyone was like freaking out. It was so crazy. And then they, you know, she made it, she immediately took her shoes off and made a big joke and she Mm -hmm. was really funny. And then they took her off stage and then she came back and she was fine. But then after the show, she posted on her Instagram that she had a sprained ankle and she had a, but she did, she did like a five hour show all day. Wow. She was out there. I mean, a professional. Truly. Truly, but I it was one of the scariest moments ever. And then it was, I was so mad because it was like on Twitter immediately. And I was like, do we not all respect Oprah enough to not post this right now? I mean, Wait, like, I do feel this... like it could have been a private moment yeah. for her like nearest and dearest fans. Like we're, we all paid a lot of money to be here. <laughs> I mean, and we all love her and I don't want her to be embarrassed. And then within <laughs> seconds, it was like memes, gifts all over the place. I was like, right, bastards. Whatever. That sounds like haters <laughs> to me. That sounds like haters yeah. to me. But you never yeah. know who's in the audience. So the Browns, like, they're, what am I trying to say? World lexicon? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, universe? Yeah, their universe. Um, is already established before the show starts. So that's why we get truly no introduction into None. who these people are, <laughs> what their relationship is, why all of a sudden there's competing old folks' homes. Wait, before we get into the actual episode, let's okay. get into our news media. Mm-hmm. News media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always has to be explained. <laughs> it just feels good to explain it. So Lonnie Love reveals Tyler Perry once busted her trying to take pictures of his estate. Oh my God. There's During a an great April picture 15th. of them together. It's a perfect picture of Lonnie Love, both arms in the air. Tyler Perry maybe like grabbing her stomach. Honestly, the more you look at the picture, the more you're like, what is happening? Is he lifting her up by her stomach? What is this picture? Show me this picture. I, Here, wait, I can think I share my screen, please, because yeah. this is wild. Uh, so during an April 15th, E, see, do you see it? What? Hold on, I'm trying to move it over. <laughs> um, 
An E! Nightly Pop interview, Lonnie Love revealed she once visited friend Tyler Perry's estate and was caught breaking his no-picture policy. She tried to sneak photos after he asked her not to. Kim Whitley, who was there with Love, confirmed the story. Love explained, I said, Tyler isn't isn't anywhere around. I'm going to sneak a little picture. Childish Gambino was performing, so I was like, I just want one memory. She <laughs> soon felt a hand on her shoulder, and Perry playfully batted her phone away before she could take any photos. That's hilarious. It is very funny. I'm like, he is omnipotent. Omnipotent. He's everywhere. Um, um, yes. There oh, you go. they don't play any games about that no picture policy because we, when we went to set, this was before he has the big studio he has now. Mm-hmm. He had a smaller studio and, oh, that lake that is in um, the family that prays, also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on the property of the studio oh so there was a guy there taking pictures because we were extras so all of us were like dude chill they'll send all of us home stop it (laughs) and he was taking pictures and then he's just surrounded by security they take his phone oh no because at first they're like yo dude delete the pictures and he's like okay and then he starts taking pictures again oh wow okay and like when you're in there there was like banners of like different still shots from the different movies that he's done uh-huh and at first they were like yo man no pictures and he's like okay cool and then he does it again they're like dude no pictures and they're like you know again they get him to delete them and then they just took his phone <gasps> they're like we I already mean, told you twice yeah no you if that's that's too much but i would have a i would if i were at his house <laughs> i think i would be subtly like moving my phone around i, I would, would be really would hard it. not to i would be very i would try well, it his house, well, the house that they filmed Diary of a Mad Black Woman in, that's, yeah, his, that's house. his house. Oh, yeah, he- so we all know. We don't need a picture. <laughs> oh, no. One, he's moved. Two, uh, <laughs> he was like, I will never do anything because they, they, he's like, they fucked up my floors, they fucked up my walls. Yeah. There's a full production here. He's like, I'll never do anything in my house again. But I was I like, I love that he's learning in real time with everybody else. Yeah, he's like, hey, you scratch my floor. It's like, yeah, there's probably 500 yeah, people hanging in and out all day. Like, <laughs> you can only rail down so much brown paper before your floors are just <laughs> fucked. Um, wait, should we take a break? Yeah, let's do it. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. 
HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Ooh, do you want to make your mom smile? Start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brand she loves. And guess what? It's delivered with the same day with DoorDash. Get 50% off your next order of up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now on DoorDash. And the promo code is NEWCOMERS. Listen, moms are a gift. I know that best. So give her the best this Mother's Day. Select from hundreds of expertly crafted bouquets to the best of tech to self-care essentials delivered right to the door. Get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 plus on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with the code NEWCOMERS. That's NEWCOMERS. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Get a Mother's Day gift as unique as she is with DoorDash. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, we back. Um, so <laughs> season one, episode one, Meet Brown Meadows was written by Tyler Perry and Chantel R. McLean, directed by Tyler Perry, released January 7th, 2009. Um, okay, so let's get into the summary of the show. Mm-hmm. This episode. So Medea's daughter, Cora. Okay, these are details I want. <laughs> that, yeah, it would have been nice if it was like, hey. You should have seen, you should have watched the movie. You should have watched uh, yeah, the I movie. I guess so. We should have watched the movie. It feel like it's on me You should have seen point. the plays. You should have gone back in time and found you a Tyler right. Perry play near you. <laughs> so Medea's daughter, Cora, visits her father, Mr. Brown, as he's doing a renovation project. Now, when, when I watched that moment, I thought... Wife comes home to husband who is yes. on a ladder. I did yes. not think all of this. So anyway, he's hoping to fulfill his father's dying wish by opening a retirement home called Brown Meadows. Also, the picture of the father in the background is insane. I don't know if I, I don't think I that. noticed that. It's him with like the Sherman Hemsley cul-de-sac uh, <laughs> bald spot. Cul-de-sac. <laughs> it's this giant picture at the back. Like you kind of don't catch it, but it's like they rep like the he talks about like doing his father's like dying wish and the in the um shot gets a little wider. And then you oh. see the picture of the dad in the background. They I don't reference I, like, it. Just didn't clock it. Uh, so Cora asked Mr. Brown how he learned to renovate. He said he picked up the DVD box set of This Old Hood, <laughs> which got just an Huge eruption laugh. of laughter. <laughs> Huge, and also, like, this is like minute 
one barely yes, yes. but the audience is on board so oh, i also so was, now board. i'm wondering were they all people who have like seen this stuff so they come in like we know what everything is that's already happening mm-hmm. I mean, that makes it way funnier uh so mr brown tells a story about how the people at the store were treating him rudely after he asked the woman working this made me laugh and yeah. she had the claps which confuses cora and he said uh he even gave her the clap to or he gave the clap to medea for christmas Corey catches on and realizes he's talking about the clapper, a sound-activated electrical switch from infomercials that lets you turn on appliances by clapping your hands. Mr. Brown said he has to get back to work so he can rewire the house after electrocuting himself. Corey leaves, and Mr. Brown electrocutes himself again. Which was um, intense. (laughs) Wait, with the clap, I was like, this feels like improvised. He was going on about the clap for like a while. A very long time. And it felt like there was this energy of like, if you're getting laughs, just keep going. Yeah, like, keep going. do not stop. Yeah, don't stop. <laughs> so, okay, while Mr. Brown's nephew, Will, and his wife, Sasha, are visiting, they okay, but they come in oh, okay. as if they're not a couple. They come in with the, like, so they're, like, role-playing that they're cheating or whatever. Yes. And then they start to make out. Uh, and while this is happening, Carmen, a social worker, arrives to tell them that the elderly home down the street is on fire. <laughs> she tells them <laughs> she needs... <laughs> which, which I was like, what? Is what? She, who? What is she doing there? The priorities are so off. She runs down the street to tell them. It's like, you should be calling 911. She tells them she needs a place to keep residence. And Will and Sasha tell her Mr. Brown is opening an elderly home. So how convenient that she came over. Carmen asks if some residents can stay with him. Before Mr. Brown answers fully, she opens the door and lets 20 residents enter the house. (laughs) And I did enjoy that moment. He was like, there can be two. And then two people came and goes, one, two, done. And then she's like, no. (laughs) And then he just goes, is this a circus? Okay. That made me laugh. The references Uh, to And then he called one Nelson Mandela and then another one Winnie Mandela. Winnie Mandela, yeah. And I was like, he roasted every single person Uh in a different way. And it was, I think they all really enjoyed it. And I feel like it was new. He was like, John McCain. Everyone had a smile on their face. Like he just like called everyone something. (laughs) But then I was like, wow, the extras are beholden to never make a sound because they they only got to like smile or nod ahead. So Robin Robinson, who runs the retirement home down the street, who knew that there were this many retirement homes in the same vicinity, Mm -hmm. uh, arrives and thanks Mr. Brown for letting her residents stay with him temporarily. Mr. Brown says they can stay permanently since he's opening his own retirement home. Robin tells tells him he he can't compete with her and she will be back. She's like (laughs) this evil old folks home person. She's going to be back to collect her residents once everything is cleared and the fires put out. So that's my friend Kyra. Mm-hmm. So I was in a play with her written by a playwright in Atlanta. And I was in a play with her. And then she, her boyfriend, you know, soon to be fiance, they had a show on BET called Somebodies. Mm-hmm. And so because I was friends with them, I became like a, uh, let's just say I did stand in work for her. Oh, okay. I don't know if y'all know how stand-ins work, but they have to be somewhere near the same size. Yeah, like (laughs) same height, same size, kind of look, kind of look like the actor. Right. And so I'd also been contacted to do, um, so I don't know if you've ever seen House of Pain, but the main character on there, the mom, Mm -hmm. um, she is, she is a darker complexion than me. Mm-hmm. She is four inches shorter than me, <laughs> and she is bigger than me. And they okay. called me multiple times and were like, "Hey, can you be a stand-in for her?" I'm like, "But sure, but I'm taller than her. <laughs> this I'm is not helpful to you, <laughs> and I'm lighter than her." 
And they said, okay. And then they called me back a second time. And I said <laughs> they those like, things we again. We do not care. We right. just need someone to stand in the light. Right. It's, it's very funny. Like for anyone out there who doesn't know, like they, you have a stand and come in so that you can get the camera set up, everything at the right height, the right lighting mm-hmm. for the actor when they come in so that you don't have to do it all over again. Yes. And then, so that really defeats the purpose. If they're like, right. <laughs> yeah. but she if comes you in and they're like, the oh, show, change everything. Some of the tracking shots are adjusted mid tracking. Yes. And I was like, this is so wild. Well, because the third time they called me, the girl goes, okay, so we had called you to be a stand in for her, but. Oh, you're taller than her. I said, yes. <laughs> like, oh, you're smaller than her. I said, yes. Like, oh, you're all like the same complexion. I was like, no. And the girl goes, we can't use you. Why are we calling you? And I was That's like, That's so know. funny. Like, you've been calling me for a week. So how about we take my name off this list? I had a stand-in who was shorter than, or no, we were the same height, but I was seated for something. And I was like, you need to adjust for about like two to three inches. Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, we don't. Cause she was smaller than me. And I was like, you do. I will be taller than her seated. They're like, you're the same height as her. And I was like, okay. yes, but I it's also know I have a fat ass. Work. I mean, so like, it's like, the, it don't just... you understand? Like, <laughs> I mean, but like your torsos can be totally different. Like you yes. could be like the same height sitting down and totally different height standing up. Like it yes. just doesn't make any sense. And I like told them. So then when I got into the shot and sat right down, they went, oh, this is all wrong. We have to readjust it. So then I just was my own stand in. And I would just have to redo everything. It was, oh my That's God. annoying. It was uh, very annoying. But you know, grateful for the work, bless. So it sounds like people should listen to black women, is what I heard. Some <laughs> people should. Just listen to anybody. Who's listen like, to I anybody. Think I, know this. I mean, come on. Listen to someone who's telling you, hey, this is not going to work. Yes. And you're like, yeah. And then you get on set and you're like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <And> I was like, <laughs> I tried to tell you. I tried yeah. to tell you. I mean, I'm getting paid regardless, but I was not, I didn't intend to do this. But it's like, let's just work smarter, not yeah. dumber. <laughs> Stupid men. Oh, my uh, God. Okay, okay, so Will yes. and Sasha do health checks on the residents since he's a doctor and she's a nurse. Carmen tells doc, or tells Mr. Brown that he needs to get a license in order to officially run the retirement home, and she starts to the process for him. So... Yeah, they are doing like um, really loose health checks on these residents in the kitchen. Yeah, they do not care. And one guy comes in and he's like, time to check my anus. Like he fully like, (laughs) he starts to unbutton his pants and she's like, what are you doing, sir? And he's like, what did he say it was? Like the, not Uh, a hemorrhoid check. Hernia. Oh, yeah. Hernia. Hernia. Yeah. Or what? He's like, he's like, they do it every day or whatever. I'm like, this doesn't seem good. I don't think I know what a hernia is, honestly. I I feel like it's a growth on you. See, I thought it was like a pulled muscle inside your body that like really hurts. I don't know. I'll look it up. Okay. Papa, what's a hernia? <laughs> Come here. I want this answer. <laughs> <laughs> what's a hernia? It's when the lining in your abdomen gets torn. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, the Papa. mystery, man. <laughs> I love it. He didn't come into frame, nothing. He just comes with information. Just a voice is telling like, us. Hello, I will that's, tell you. Goodbye. That's my homeboy. He's an EMT. I love Amazing. it. Amazing. I mean, how convenient to be like, what is this? So, <laughs> and he knew it exactly. And I, I would have been better than me. Yeah. Googling and it was him. very quick, succinct <laughs> to the point. Um, as Brown decides which residence he's going to keep at the house. This is also so like wild to me that these old people don't have any agency over where they get to live and nope. they're not all that old like a lot of them are perfectly no like, they're like, like 50 the colonel, and they're like hey that man, <laughs> the colonel looks like he just turned 55 i mean also mr brown is not old 
<laughs> like, no, no, like, they, no. They, they do put, no work to make him look old. Like they like, put the fully, gray in the beard, and he's just yes. like he's ancient. And like, that's he, it. His he looks young with a white beard. I'm yes. like, okay. Um, so the rep tells Mr. Brown that all the residents need to go back to Robin's facility. Robin then takes almost all of them. She leaves Edna and Colonel with Mr. Brown since they've been giving her trouble at her facility. Mr. Brown is upset since he's been having the same issues with them. And then, okay. <laughs> this, this person this, is insane. This whole thing comes, it feels like a whole different episode. Yes. Daisy LaRue, a former actress, arrives and asks for the penthouse suite. Mr. Brown agrees to take her in since she has money, but Cora is apprehensive. Robin arrives and says, Miss LaRue was due in her facility and Mr. Brown stole her. Miss LaRue says <laughs> she has decided to stay with Mr. Brown. Where'd she even get the information? I feel yeah. like TBS <laughs> just went, you have to have a white person. <laughs> Figure it out. Make it make I sense. Mean, she comes maybe. in, she's like from like 1940. Like in a, yes. I mean, she was very ridiculous. Robin threatens to call the inspector and leaves. Edna and Colonel tell Mr. Brown they have no family and nowhere else to go. Mr. Brown wakes up the next morning to find Colonel settling in as a resident and making breakfast. Which is, I mean, okay. Usually... In a sitcom, there's an A storyline and a B (laughs) storyline where one story is happening and you can take a break from that storyline to come to another storyline. Nope. Mm -hmm. There is no B storyline here. There is only the A storyline. The closest you get is the young doctor and nurse. And that's not really another storyline. It's just like different characters. In addition to. I think there's no A or B storyline because he writes the TV show like he writes the play. Mm-hmm. So when you're watching yeah. a play, there really is no B. Like this is all we're doing tonight. Yeah, this is all the information. This is the only story we're talking about. So mm-hmm. when I was watching the show, I was like, "Oh, this is the only thing we're doing." It, it is, <laughs> isn't it? It isn't till like the the Meet the Trainer episode in the fourth season that you see like an A and a B. So I don't know. If yeah, they mm-hmm. finally, yes, yes. Like if they decided like we're doing TV. Right. Well, <laughs> Tyler Perry didn't write that episode. The second I noticed that, we that. I noticed that, okay. and it felt more sitcommy. Yes. And wait, so just about the Meet the Browns, other you know storylines that we have from the play and the movie, is a retirement home a part of that at all, or is that just? Random? I don't think I'd never seen. <laughs> what a but choice! Also, what's so crazy about the Meet the Browns storyline is that there's also, like, in Medea's class reunion. Which is when she goes back to like her high school class reunion. That's mm-hmm. when you meet Cora and Brown. So, because it gets revealed in Medea's class reunion that Cora is actually that Brown is Cora's father, mm-hmm. uh, and then that play is a spin. So, Meet the Browns is a spinoff from Medea's class reunion. Oh. Okay, I didn't. I've never heard of that one either. Now we have so much. To yeah, do. there's a lot to cover. <laughs> Yeah, there's if also you like Tyler there's... Perry's assistant living, which is a part of this world with David Mann and Tamala Mann right. reprising the roles from Meet the Browns. I guess this is set. In... <laughs> so, oh my God. So the plot is after losing his job, uh, Jeremy, who I don't know, moves back to Georgia to help his grandfather, who's buying a rundown elderly home. And so like, maybe they took the pilot of mm. this. Oh my God. Is the pilot a backdoor pilot to a different pilot? Wow. <laughs> I mean, Wait, so what show is that? So that's <laughs> Tyler Perry's Assisted Living that's coming out now. Oh, Assisted Living. Wait, what? Yeah, so <laughs> it, oh, it premiered September 2020. So 
Oh, so wow. yeah, he was like, okay, so I kind of, you know, wasted that in the pilot or whatever. Like there was <laughs> like I'm gonna a whole. I'm yeah. going to use it. Years later. So if anything, Tyler Perry is committed to helping old people, I think is what. And there's 25 <laughs> episodes in the first season. Yeah, he's all, he's he's he goes old school yeah. sitcom rules. Like remember like when we were growing up sitcom like friends always had like friends mm-hmm. living single Martin you always had like 20 something episodes in a season. <laughs> yeah. And yep, Tyler's Perry's like I'm going to do the same. Sticking to them rules cuz the thing is you all, you need 100 <laughs> episodes to hit syndication. Right. So he's like I'll do that in a day. Yeah. He's like, let's just day. go. <laughs> let's do this. Okay, well let's talk about your your episode just like, So season 4 episode 14 Meet the Trainer. This is from 2011 and, and it was directed was, by Carlton. It was a Yes, I was Al- so excited when I saw that. I want to hear about him. So it was written by Carlos Portugal and was released August 4th, 2010, directed by Alfonso Ribeiro. Um, so what was your Alfonso Ribeiro? Don't play that man like Ribeiro. that. Don't I'm you, sorry, I inverted those letters. Uh, well, I let you say it because I wasn't sure how to say it. Well, I, I guess wrong. I shouldn't have called him Carlton. He'll never escape that. <laughs> Oops. I call him the host of AFV. <laughs> okay, <laughs> working is working. Um, yeah, I'll let y'all run through the synopsis and then I'll talk. Okay, about yeah. It. We'll, okay, okay. So Derek, who lives in the fraternity house next to Mr. Brown, begs Mr. Brown to give him his money back. That is such a weird sentence because mm-hmm. it has no context. <laughs> Mr. Brown falsely advertised that Usher would be performing at a church, there we go, at a church fundraiser when it was actually just a church Usher. And Usher. Yes. Mr. Brown eventually gives Derek his money, but Cora tells Mr. Brown that he needs to come up with a way to fundraise for the church. Derek suggests Mr. Brown make an exercise video to raise money. Which is, which is like, so what? silly. Derek offers to help and they decide to call the video Jumping Jacks for Jesus. Yes. Cora teaches her high school class. Who knew she was a high school teacher? And interrupt it when a new student, Rose, walks in. <laughs> One of the others. This is so wild. Played One of the other Raven students. In, yes, Raven Goodwin, who is wonderful. Yes. Uh, one of the other students in the class, Tommy, makes fun of her weight. Cora asks a question about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Rose answers correctly, and Tommy makes fun of her. Cora sends Tommy to the principal's office. And it's really over the top, and it doesn't stop for the entire scene. Yes. Um, Which is what makes the turn even crazier later. Yes. Derek and Mr. Brown welcome a group of churchgoers who will be participating in the exercise video. Mr. Brown shows a photoshopped image of Derek to inspire everyone, (laughs) where he's like on like a baby body. Yeah. He's on a sumo wrestler body. Oh, 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 yes. I thought it was a big baby. <laughs> Me too, because of the, I thought it was a diaper. Okay, so he starts to lead them through exercises. Mr. Brown runs into Cora in the hallway and tells her how the video is going after he... Also, I was like, why is he in this school? After because he, he went to go get the jump ropes. <laughs> oh, yes, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Cora sees Tommy exiting her classroom. She This also is nuts. She asks why he's there, but Tommy rushes off in a hurry. Cora turns on the lights and see Rose button in her blouse because I guess she just fucked Tommy in the classroom. It's or fooled around. Z. Maybe. But I, I truly am like, they fucked. Cora asks Rose if she's okay and Rose tells Cora she likes Tommy. Cora tells Rose that Tommy's using her and tells Rose that uh, t- she wants to take her somewhere. Rose asks what will happen if she refuses and Cora says uh, she'll tell the principal about her and Tommy. That part made me really sad, though, because it at first it looked like it was going to be really dramatic. Like, yes, something bad happened to her in that room. Yes. And then it was like, no, I like him. And then I was like, well, then that's just a depressing mm-hmm. storyline. But I but I did like that. It, it felt like it had a lot of depth and it felt very Tyler Perry. Like I was yes. like, we are getting into some hard hitting stuff randomly <laughs> in the sitcom when also this man is wearing a unitard and jumping around in the other scene. So 
Mr. Brown continues to lead the churchgoers through intense exercises. Cora enters with Rose and says they've come to join the exercise group. And Rose asks why Cora brought her there after she told her beauty was on beauty on the inside is all that counts. Cora tells Rose she wants her to learn self-love and Rose leaves. I'm on Rose's side. It makes no sense yes, to be like, you're enough, very, come to this exercise class. It's it was a very conflicting message. It was yeah. a very conflicting message. So Tommy and Rose go back to Cora's classroom, but Rose starts to question Tommy. Cora watches from the door and truly the door is wide open. Wow. Rose asks Tommy why he keeps her a secret. Tommy says he's doing Rose a favor. Rose fires back, revealing that she's been doing all of Tommy's homework. Tommy says, no one's going to hang out with you, Rose. And Rose pushes him right down hard. He like, fell across the room. Like she had superpowers. And this That's man why you flew never fuck back. with a big bitch. Because we're stronger than you think. You Cora think I've never pushed a boy across a classroom? No. Cora enters the classroom and makes fun of Tommy for being weak in front of a bunch of other students. She walks Tommy down to the principal's office and winks at Rose as she leaves. Mr. Brown's exercise group gets upset about not getting a cool down. And after Mr. Brown dismisses them, Derek tells Mr. Brown that the tape ran out at the last segment. <laughs> Mr. Brown asks the class if they will stay to re-record the last segment, but they all leave. And Mr. Brown finishes the video with Cora, Derek, and Rose. And I'm just like, segment? What? What? what when you say segment, how much of this tape do you need to redo? <laughs> yeah, I know. It felt like you could just say like the end. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But also those strong video, t- v- like video cassette camcorders. Oh my god, I know. Well, so We're what hilarious. What year is it? So it's 2010 or something when this is being made. So like the cameras look like they're from the late 90s at best. They're yeah. like huge gray like But if they're church like but it also if it's like if this is a church a bunch of old people go to those are the cameras. Yeah, it checked out. It it, it didn't bother me, but I found mm-hmm. it funny. I was like and then the tape running out like it, it's like this is just a funny problem to have. And then I yes. loved when so who was chasing the the youthful man around at one point? Oh, they they like leave. oh yeah, that one of the one woman from the class was like, yeah. I'm gonna yes. eat you. I want to. You're yeah. so scrumptious he's looking. You're screaming <laughs> for his life, like like just Mr. Brown screaming. Mr. Brown, help, help me! Help me! Because he's a shirtless child being chased by an adult woman. Grown but Mr. Brown woman. takes the tripod, lifts the tripod up, and is like chasing them with it. And I was like, I mean, you could just pivot it. You could pivot the the camera to capture everything you want. (laughs) And the room was like, you know, very small. So then the idea of them (laughs) running around like he can't get away. It was just it was ridiculous. I I would have loved it if he just ran past the. So like what I would have loved it if he just like ran like at least one time ran past like Mm -hmm. I like it like Mm -hmm. not breaking fourth wall, but just like really like running towards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So were there a lot of audience laughs in this episode? There were some. I noticed. I I definitely noticed them. Yeah. Okay, there was no audience. <gasps> wow. None. <gasps> wow. None. Okay, because tell us that would every impede th- the time. Lauren, you can't shoot two episodes of television Yo, right. a day if you're loading in and out an audience because you would have to have a warm-up comic to Wow. It would be a waste more. of time and money. We need more. Tell me, tell me from step one. I want to know about <laughs> like how this job came to be. I want to know what the week was like, but you said it was a day. So like tell me about everything. So <laughs> I so I was at the time I was working at a um this was a 2010 2011 yeah mm-hmm. so 2010. I was working um I was doing bilingual customer service for a power company wow. um that was based out of Florida but we were in Atlanta but we couldn't tell them we weren't in Florida 
Uh, so people would they would give us what the weather was every day. So if someone called, they wanted to like shoot the shit about the weather. We'd know what the fuck they were talking about. Oh my god, it's really funny. Right? Imagine being on the phone and being like, "You're not in Florida." Harumph! I've been deceived. Well, because technically they weren't allowed to use agents outside of the state because this is like this. This is like the state. Um, oh, this is like the state power company. But technically, they were like we're outside contractors. Mm -hmm. So that's why every day I knew what the weather was in Lakeland, Florida, because they would (laughs) tell us. And we talked to a lot of old people on the phone, uh, older Americans. I don't know what to call them, elderly. And so they would call in and while they're waiting to get like account information, they'd be like, so how's the weather where you are? And you're like, oh, it's uh, 75 degrees and clear. But how did you get the show? There's a 20% chance of rain. Anyway, so I hear you. I ramble. So um, I was excited to see where it was going. Well, I was like, ow. I was trying to connect the pieces and I couldn't do it. So I was like, I guess I just ask. Tyler Perry called for help. So, uh, I said, how's the weather in Florida? Will you come to uh, me? So around? I knew the casting director mm-hmm. because of being in women in film and television in Atlanta of Atlanta. And so since I had done stuff with Kyra, mm-hmm. I think like it, plus everybody in Atlanta who knew who the fucking cast director was. Mm-hmm. Um, so she got my name from another friend of mine who had worked on the show. Um, and so they contacted me cause they were looking for extras to be, um, to be in the video. So I think I had to call in sick from work that day. So they didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, and so we get to the studio and it's fucking Fort Knox. It is Fort fucking Knox. <laughs> really? Because it's that, first of all, it's down by Greenbrier. So it's on like the south side of Atlanta. And it's near Greenbrier Mall, if I remember correctly, which we called Blackbriar Mall because it was the blackest mall in the city. <laughs> um, most of the mall was, you know, hot wings, sneakers, and a Woolworth. Um, <laughs> so, you know, like seven foot lockers. <laughs> so... It was a fucking compound. Like there was literally mm-hmm. like, you know how like when you go like Paramount or something in LA, there's security and there's walls up around everything. It's the same concept. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you have to get super, like you can't, you only get to come on that day. You have to have an ID, all this other stuff. And then you get in there and you're only allowed to, so when you get into the studio, you're only allowed to be in a certain area as an extra. Don't take any pictures. Don't take any pictures. We'll send mm-hmm. you home. Don't take any pictures. This kid tried it. Um, <laughs> He took his phone and I think, oh, they ended up sending him home. Mm. Oh, well, they ended up sending him home because he wouldn't show the fuck out. Uh, <laughs> and so they take us to set and the young man, uh, the guy who was getting chased, he was running his lines and he helped and he asked me to help him run his lines. Like I'm just standing in a group of people and he asked me to help him run his lines. <laughs> and so and I'm running lines with him on set before the scene starts. And it's I don't know if you've ever been in like one of those big uh, sound stages where it's like all of the sets line up in a room. It's like a hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So it's like a hallway and there's sets on both sides. So there's no audience. Oh, no, I actually I don't think I've ever seen that. No, because nobody does it like that. Yeah, because that's interesting. You, if you're doing a multicam, you have like the stadium seating for the audience yeah. and then the sets on one side and then maybe like it, the set twists for another set. Like yeah. on the back of it, but yeah, that's insane. Just wow. <laughs> that means he's just truly just like flipping the cameras, just 
tr- like not even like a full reset because if wow. you know like just flipping it ar- oh my god this is because me and him were working on the lines on like what it, what was the <laughs> because the church set was right across from us mm-hmm. and then there was a set i don't know which if it was meet the browns or what it was for but it was like a front porch like mm. a house and a front porch was mm-hmm. on the other side of the church set of the church basement set then i was literally helping him with these lines in front of this front porch mm-hmm. um but it was funny because he asked me to help him like he was running his lines and i was like because he looked at me he was like you want to you want to help you want to help he's like do you do you want yeah you can't like, ask anybody else everyone else is like trying to cram in their lines too right so he, there's no time so because he was like, he, because I asked him, like, I was looking at him. I'm like, I see him, like, looking around like he wanted help. And I was like, do you want, he's like, can you? And I was like, do you want, <laughs> yeah, I help you do So I was like, I offered, he asked. It was very interesting. But then it was almost <laughs> like he was too good for it. <laughs> so I was like, what is happening? Because the thing is, he didn't know his fucking line. <laughs> wow. And we were getting ready to shoot. That's true. And I don't know if they, I don't, because yeah. the thing is, I didn't see any different colored pages. Everything was white. No! <laughs> Everything was white. I didn't see any different colored pages. When I you, think somebody might have had a couple yellow sheets. For our listeners, if you have colored pages, that means there was a rewrite, but when everything's all white, it means from, from like pre production. First draft was perfect. Yeah. First draft, <laughs> that's it. That's what we're shooting. Like, so every draft is a new color. So by the end, you might have like pages that are white, pink, yellow, blue, mm-hmm. green, and all mixed together. And that is very funny to just go like, nope. <laughs> Here's First draft was solid. We love it. <laughs> I think I, I might have seen a couple yellow it. pages. And so we get in there, and Alphonsus Robert is the director, and he introduces himself to everyone. I did not know that this man is shorter than me. I'm five foot. <laughs> I thought oh. this man was at least five, six, five, seven. Cause I've seen him, you know, you watch mm-hmm. him in the first Bel-Air, yeah. standing next to Will Smith. And I've met Will Smith. Will Smith is very tall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking, so after I met him, I was like, was he on Apple boxes the whole time on Prince Peter Bel Or they just would shoot them from across the room? Probably. Like he was probably when he stood next to him on an like a half apple or something. Yeah, like a half yes. apple. But like to say he's short, but it's not like that short. Um and so what's funny is like I know he was the director, but I don't remember him giving a lot of direction. Mm-hmm. Because when we did our scenes, so they only take three takes of a scene. <laughs> That's it. I was wondering because I was thinking how annoying it would have to be to do like the workout thing all day or do Mm -hmm. it a million times or whatever. So you're like, okay, three takes per scene. Right. And even if it's not like a hundred, even if the lines aren't a hundred percent, they move on. (laughs) That's so funny. They move on. It explains why nobody was sweaty at any moment. Because sometimes you'll like cut back and forth and it'll be like either the third take or the fifth take or like the eighth take. And you're like, oh, people are varying degrees of sweaty. And I'm like clocking it. But this was everyone was dry. (laughs) Nothing was different. And I also felt like there were moments where Mr. Brown made people laugh and that was in there. And I was like, I actually like that. But (laughs) But I just think it's funny. Like, there's just no. <laughs> yeah. No, those were legitimate moments because, and you'll notice sometimes, like, the young man, he'd start laughing. Yeah. Because he would improvise a lot of his lines. <laughs> <laughs> what a dream job. A dream job where you. You shoot what five episodes a week. You get. You don't have to learn your lines. And you just get to have fun. And what about that moment where he was like, um, directing you guys in what dance moves to do was he making those up like yes. he's like grab the mail grab the mail like, I was like, 
Right. So when he was like, pass the plate. So pass the plate was a thing that he that was already established. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. But then the put it in your pocket that came out of nowhere. <laughs> so that's why you all see, like anytime there's a move that we do. Uh huh. That's one that we knew was coming. Anytime mm-hmm. there's like, you, you see like a pause, like a mm-hmm. huh, and then we do it. <laughs> Then you know that was like because like the put in your pocket put put in your that so was improvised. Was there a rehearsal before you shot? Um, kinda. <laughs> As in, we would get a run through of what was going to happen. Oh, and then because they kind of just told us generally what was going to happen. Uh huh. And then Mr. Brown came in. <laughs> and he said hi to everybody because that big dude that he references that's one of my fr- that was a guy I was friends with Haji mm-hmm. um, and since we know each other like the whole time like he kept trying to talk to everybody and they were just like hey you need to <laughs> you can't talk or like there'd be times where we would try to like say something and speak up and they're like okay y'all can't say stuff too many times <laughs> like they're very because you know there's so many times like what's the extra talk so many times you have to pay them yeah right Cause I think I got, I think I got paid like seventy five dollars to do that. Maybe, maybe. That, wow, checks out. Cause oh, and everything is, and like I think a bunch of most of the people, most of us were non union. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, most of it, I mean it's Atlanta, so they'll play with that. But like, there was one point where like, uh, Tyler Perry's writers were going on strike mm. because they weren't unionized. That's insane. Mm. And the NAACP stepped in. Oof. Wow. So they wouldn't Oof. sue Tyler Perry. Oof. Um, and then a lot of like the crew, like certain parts of the crew members weren't him? in the union. That was interesting. Um, <laughs> interesting. And so, this is, yeah, that's pretty wild for a scripted show to not, like on television, to not be union. Well, they were yeah. playing because in Atlanta, since the film industry, like the film and TV industry was just starting to pop off, mm-hmm. they were like, if it's not like LA, you can't do anything if people aren't union. Right. But in Atlanta, they were just like, we're coming, you know, it's the industry was starting to take off and Georgia's a right to work state anyway. So everyone was kind of playing off the tax incentives and not having to use union people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of the like when we're laughing at him or when the guy is laughing, <laughs> we're genuinely laughing at him <laughs> because with either the exercises, like he had lines that were specifically his lines. And then like we do the three takes and then there was like another take. We're just like, just have fun. But I was like, how are we giving him a just have fun take? Every take was a just <laughs> have fun take. Because All the takes lines, have just been him having fun. Right. And there were lines that that kid was supposed to do that he never got out because he never got to the queue line. Wow. Um, and then the lady <laughs> that was acting, her, the, every time she spoke, I just kept looking at her going, this should have been me. This should have been me. This should have been me. I wore my curly ponytail just like she wore her curly ponytail. I guess if I was 20 years older, I could have got this job. But she was so much... <laughs> like all of the drama in the scene was kind of, I was just like, okay, is this overdone? Hmm. Is this the style? Like, but was, no one's gonna say like, there's nobody no. going like, oh, like, yeah, the tone isn't exactly right or whatever. Interesting. Like, just to jump back to the other episode, just everyone's everyone was in a different TV show. Everybody, yeah, yeah. and it's like in this episode as well. It was like, okay, like Raven was pretty understated. And wasn't yes. doing multi-cam acting. 
But then it was everyone, almost like Degrassi or something. Like she was kind of like serious. Like yes. I feel like her storyline and her storyline was kind serious. of serious, but like it was like kind of sad. Like it yes. wasn't like <laughs> yeah. it just wasn't the same tone as then going to the church, you know, video mm-hmm. thing and he's going like crazy jumping around. And I'm like, this is goof troop. Like <laughs> to go from like her being like abused <laughs> yes. in this relationship. And like the, and, and the lines being so blurred with like how anyone was being punished with regard to like her relationship. Like I felt mm-hmm. like the teacher was like kind of blaming her sometimes, but also then going to punish the guy. But like, it felt like there wasn't like, and like you said, with her bringing her to that class or the video, like there wasn't a clear storyline for her of like that what makes the teacher felt. No sense. Yeah. It made no sense. Cause like the thing is, it's like, I know that girl. I've been that girl. I've had boys keep me a secret. We all went to high school. So like, I get it. And sometimes you do get to the point where you're just like, yeah, dude, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm prettier than the skinny girl you're fucking with. Like, I understand <laughs> what you're saying, but also that bitch is a mud duck. <laughs> so at the end of the day, <laughs> a mud duck. she might be skinny, but her, but the way the account for her face was set up is all withdrawals <laughs> and no deposits. <laughs> Truly. So why are we playing this game? Right. But her character was so serious. When she walked in the classroom, she was giving you acting. She was acting. Yes. Because the only person that kind of seemed really natural was Tommy. Yeah, she and Tommy were on a different show than everybody else. Yeah, They were definitely like in an after school special and everyone else was like very goof troop. Uh, And I just, the rationale, okay, I just... They t- they were taping something for the church in the school. So then the teacher brings a student to a basement with some random adults. No, 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 like- no, no. Brown was at the church. She took her oh! to the church. You know what? Fully fuck. I did not realize that. I thought that was like the basement of the school. No, Brown was at the church. I guess the school is right next door because he ran everything over is to the just school. right next door. I no guess he asked him, Mr. Brown, what are you doing here? Because he's at the school and he's like, I'm here to because he talks about getting the jump rope. Yes. because one of the people in the video <laughs> was stuck on the ground. Yes, and they're trying I to thought- use. She was like, Why did you come out of the basement <laughs> to get to the jump ropes? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Raven Goodwin also was in a movie when she was nine called Lovely and Amazing. And she's so good in that. Have you seen that movie? No. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I'm, I really remember her from that. She was so great. And apparently she won what? an independent spirit award for that. When she she was, was on a Showtime show. She just did a movie. Smilf. And she was really good in that. I like her. Yeah. I think she great. follows me on Instagram. I think we were. Really? Like, Ooh, come on. Yeah. Isn't that so weird about how things are now where it's like yeah. you suddenly have a connection to someone like it feels mm-hmm. so personal. Dude, you know who followed me on Instagram during the pandemic and about lost my damn mind? Who? <laughs> One, Drita Devanzo from Mob Wives. I love wow. Mob Wives. I How watched, did that come I to be? I watched Mob Wives during uh, lockdown. One, I have been I've been doing shout outs to Big Ange during my set. Uh, Big oh, Ange. Man, Big Ange. I've been doing shout because I do a bit about like how if the Lord ever blessed me with a dragon, I'd burn down New York. Um, <laughs> and I start with Staten Island because no one needs it. I said, the only thing I would leave is Drita DeVanzo's house and the mural to Big Ange. Shout out to Big Ange. Like I during Big my Ange. set. I do a character based on Big Ange. <laughs> oh, loose, loosely inspired. And her name is Big Sue. But she, she talks like this. And, she, and I have a really huge lips. And that's just basically what it is. I don't really know her that well, but I do love the voice. I think she's incredible. She's amazing. She's so funny. I she would just be like, her. 
I'm not married to anybody, but the boys, they like me. <laughs> and you're just like, how did your voice end up like that? And I smoke like, and then how long? How long has it been like that? <laughs> like, she has, like, doesn't it hurt you to speak? Like, <laughs> listen, she only dates the wise guys, uh, and she remembers her. when the guys used to have her in the furs yes. and the nice houses, <gasps> and you know, and my uncle Sally thought like I was just. If, dude, like, she makes you want to... I was like, you know what? These Italians might have it, right? This shit is... They're seems- great. Also, Karen Gravino, uh, Karen she Gav- had... Ugh. She opened a pizza shop, but then it's closed. And then it was called... Uh, it was, like, called Nostra, Cana Nostra, which is, like, the Italian oh, mob. And I'm wait, like... Wait, was it called La Costa Nostra? Oh, yeah. That's what it was called. You goofy bitch. She, she <laughs> just came out with a reality show last year called like i think her dad's finally out of jail for the drug charge it's so fucked sammy up the bull her, sammy the bull her dad took the charge for them as he was trying wait to, we have to get back to the on. browns we, <laughs> but, we have to. i'm so sorry but she just she just had a new reality show come out called like mob family or something oh so if you want to know what karen gavano's up to i don't I, know if I, i'm into it I'll i'm check not it out. Drita, I mean, karen's not I haven't my favorite seen a lot of mob wives but, but Drita, it's great uh, Drita devanzo it's fucking amazing Drita devanzo follows me and then um What's her fucking name? Uh, Lily, uh, Leah Remini started following me. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Which, those are two white women where if shit ever went down, I'm like, them too. I want them too. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Well, Drita's uh, going to jail because uh, <gasps> her and her husband, they uh, they were, you know, laundering shit. Anywho, oh, I think we covered all of the trivia we we did okay well so the awards that uh have been won david mann won an naacp image award for his performance in 2011 and lamon rucker was nominated twice for outstanding supporting actor at the naacp image awards in 2010 and 2011 he was was what nominated nominated for outstanding supporting actor nominated that man nominated (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) wow Hey, you said a lot without saying much. Woo-hoo. You saw uh, that pilot. Re- you saw re- that pilot. The re- uh, Were there the re- no more? Who who else got nominated that year? <laughs> you saw that pilot, <laughs> girl. Okay, you know we we we're we're just here to support black men. You Wait, know, we're just he was was he the one who smiled through Medea's Christmas? Probably. No, was he? Probably. Hold on, I gotta Google him now. Because he's he's in uh, something else that we just watched. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Why Did I Get Married 2? We haven't watched oh. that yet. But hold on, maybe he's in the first one. Oh, he is in Why Did I Get Married? But he's not the, the boyfriend oh, yeah, who yeah, smiled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I don't think Wait, so. Wait, who's Wait. smiling? Which, so which <laughs> movie was that, though? Wasn't that... Um... That was Medea's Christmas. Okay, so what? Is he smiling because no, he doesn't know his lines? But who's this man? No, he was just uh, this man who appeared and gave a bunch of money to Tika Sumner and just wouldn't stop smiling the whole time. His character <laughs> smiled a lot, but he plays Sheriff Troy in Why Did I Get Married? Oh, yes! We're going to yeah. need some law enforcement here. Which is <laughs> my favorite line ever uttered in a movie. I think you better stay. We're going to need some law enforcement up in here. I think that's the direct quote. Does he have a Southern accent or no, is he just a cat daddy? It's just like a dramatic moment that I feel like he accentuates the way he says things. But the reception of Meet the Browns, the reviews were mostly favorable. And this is shady. Noted Tyler Perry's ability to cater to his audiences. Wow, <laughs> that's shady as fuck. 
But and also, uh, you can't be mad because Tyler Perry. No, knows he does. He does cater audience. to his audiences. But I, I feel like every reveal review, they're like, okay, not for me, but like eh, somebody's out there who likes. It's like it's these bullshit. weird caveats that it's like, no, he's just successful. You might not like it, but you cannot knock that it's successful. You can't argue with it. So yeah, audiences like the show and ratings stayed consistent, which also is a huge thing. Yes. And when the series premiered on January 7th, 2009, it had 4 million viewers. Which is that's, insane. That's Nowadays, that's nuts. By 2010, Meet the Browns had become the top sitcom on TBS. I mean, you can't you can't give it a bad review at that point. No, you can't. Like, you, it's just like, uh, that's a lot of people. You watching also know that. what uh-huh. all of the black people are watching. <laughs> like, it's, yep. if you wanted to subliminally tell us anything, that was the time to do it. If you yep, wanted to come for us in any type of way. Yep. If you would like to market <laughs> to us, you, you have your commercials run during Get Tyler Perry on something. There. I was also, oh, I just remembered. I was also on a promo for Meet the Browns oh. as oh. an extra. And the guy who played the Colonel, I think me and him like during the promo or like playing like cards or dominoes or something. Mm-hmm. But it was like a promo commercial for like the new season. So I guess before the season that I was in came out, they like oh. asked me to come back to like be an extra in this commercial. I think again, I made like maybe $75. <laughs> Still fun, right? <laughs> My mom was an extra in Medea's family reunion and they paid her $30 and she was there wow. for 12 hours. Wow. No, no. And 12 hours. Did- and they, some woman, some like some dude fried her hair. Like my oh, mom was no. beautiful. Like no. flat iron, put her hair, just all kinds of nonsense in her hair, fucked her hair up. Like just flat iron grease, all this other shit. And then they were in country ass Georgia, just outside all day, 30 bucks. Like that's, she took a day off of work. She's like, that's, I'm gonna be in the extra. Yeah. Just, I was like, this it's is very insane. Rude. But yeah, the Colonel dude, he's, he's a very nice man. Um, I don't, I don't know if he's not in the fourth season. I don't remember. Um, as because it's just it seemed like the show was on all the time. Like I don't remember. I swear, one time there was a series like a season finale, and then the premiere for the new season came on right after it. Wow, I think is the way his shows would go. Like it, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was never. Like, There's was never like, a break. Right, like I love Lucy. <laughs> like it's always on. Like TBS. Like they got. I mean, House of Pain went to syndication literally in like two years, two, three years. <laughs> they had a hundred episodes of a TV show in like two or three years. Like, I really admire it. I admire it. I, I'm like so impressed. I don't, I don't understand. It reminds I'm, you of the old studio system, like, like early Hollywood, like yeah. studios. Like if you were on a contract in the old studio system, you were contracted to do 30 movies a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's but, a happy medium between like, well, yeah, because like we've been on sets where you're like, Jesus Christ, nobody thought this out. This is very poor. We're just here. We yeah, live here we, now. We live here now. Between like that and like we shot a whole movie in 42 minutes. Like I, <laughs> I feel like there's a nice sweet spot. Well, that, like, I, I'm thinking like, why is there no one else like Tyler Perry? Like why he's I like so he he's feels so special because it feels like he's making this happen it's possible so why is nobody else doing this because i don't think that anyone else wants to deal with his audience and because yeah but like carve out your own audience yeah even just being like oh i'm gonna just zoom through this show and make like a million episodes right but could you imagine if like i just try to think about could you see a white man doing this? Could you see a Latin like if it was like a Latino? I just dude, don't understand why nobody else has done it because I'm like, I don't if get you it get yeah. two million dollars to make a movie, 
and it's like fun enough and word of mouth and you make back plus some like at a profit like why why wouldn't someone else right because like part of me is going like okay well it's because he had established this audience with Mm -hmm. these live shows and all this stuff and so he by the time he was actually you know chosen or given a contract or whatever to make something Uh he had like this whole system ready to go but it makes you wonder about like just people who are already famous where like you could like say someone who's just already famous and has like a whole production company and everything could like just be- uh, like Jennifer Lopez presents totally and like just turns out I a bunch of shit. Yeah. I don't understand why no one else is using this formula because huh. it's like, but if you look at like he had been doing those plays forever. Mm-hmm. Like like when you think about like Cat Williams, like Cat Williams was the highest paid touring comic who had never been on Comedy Central because mm-hmm. he had been headlining and touring for years, but he wasn't mainstream. So mm-hmm. I think Tyler Perry was because black people are about name recognition. If we know who you are, if we fuck with you, we fuck with you. Mm-hmm. And Tyler Perry understood that. So like I like Jennifer Lopez could easily do this. It could be Jennifer Lopez presents. Yeah. And she could do the same thing. But I think because he has come up with this whole new model of doing things. And it's a black man doing it. I don't think people want to fuck with it. I think it's truly what it is because it's like, or as like, I can't, I, I truly cannot understand. I can't come up with any other reason as to why someone, why aren't other shows shooting an episode in a day? Right. Why aren't other shows? Yeah. I, I wonder because it what works. Because it's very cost effective when you think about it. Yes. As but it feels like. Sh- well, just like other shows are like noted to shit. Like he gets a he gets a lot of leeway. Yeah. Yes, but it's because he has all the creative control. There's mm-hmm. no one else to go to. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Who's Tyler Perry getting notes from? Tyler Perry, right? He's like, <laughs> we he's did a like, good, job. good job. You know, we did good job. You did it. You finished. <laughs> right. So there's no like there's nothing. There's no one else to answer to. There's no hoops to jump through. There's no one you have to make happy because think about it. It's if it's his shit, the sponsors are just like, how do we get these black dollars? And Tyler Perry is like, hey, come advertise during my show and you'll get black dollars. You'll get black eyes on it. But since he is, because like, I swear when he was doing, like, you know, when you're like on sets and stuff, you'll see execs there. Mm-hmm. Especially the day that you're shooting. I didn't see anybody from TBS <laughs> on that set. <laughs> no That's one amazing. from TBS was on that set. I don't even remember the second AD. Like, first AD, no, it was Rafonso Rivera and a camera. Like, I don't remember <laughs> anybody else on that set. No one else was talking to us. It do- Like, honestly, it's like, you could do Nicole Byers Presents. And, like, just mm-hmm. see how that... Because I don't... But I don't, I don't have I enough stories in my head. Listen, I know I don't. I couldn't do I, it. I know I don't. Because he's got all these different... Because it's like, it's the, the family from the family that prays. And then all the Medeas. And then... They're all woven together. like, And they're all woven together. So Brown can come into Medea. Anyone in the House of Pain universe can come. Medea can pop up there. So since everyone's intermingled and interrelated, anybody can get anybody can get it. Like, all right, I want you, you, you and you. Movie. (laughs) Like he made his own Avengers. Like he made his own Avengers. (laughs) That's why we call it the MCU, the Medea Cinematic Universe. We do call it that. (laughs) I I don't know who coined that, but. 
Uh, yeah, I, th- I know. One of our guys. Was it John yeah. Braylock? Maybe. Um, well, sadly, we have to co- we've come to the end of our show. I feel like we could go on forever because I, like Tyler Perry, there is never you we just we just never run out of anything to talk about with this man. There's also, so much I've, there. I've met him. He's a very sweet man. Oh, oh, good. 72 feet tall. Like he seems big. <laughs> I'm going to Google this. He is big. And so when I went to go see Medea goes to jail and at one point as Medea, he jumped off the stage. Oh. <laughs> He's six, five into the audience. <laughs> it was like, and then those, the tit, like the, the boobs, they're titties that Medea has in the costume. I don't know what's in them, but as he jumped off the stage, they just went airborne. And then they just fall on top of him. But I swear they were to hit somebody in the front that row. Might have been we the do funniest love thing his ever, titties. Though. We love Tyler Perry's titties. Love the titties. And so afterwards, there was like, I, my mother, I don't know how she did this, but we got into, we were, we were like maybe in like the mezzanine seats or something. And there was an after party at this place called Churchill Downs, like a bar next door to the theater. I don't know how my mother got us in this after party. I have no idea. <laughs> But I'm in the after party. I'm talking to Tyler Perry. I'm talking to other people that were in the play who end up being who've been up being playing a house of pain. I met him. He was doing a book signing at a Walmart in Atlanta. And I met him there. So I was like, I'm wow. To, and then he came to the show like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to, to him. Daily I told show? him mm-hmm, Tam the Daily Show. And I told him I was an extra on the show. And he was like, really? And he was like, that's so great. So he's a very nice man. But when I'm telling you, he I met him at that Walmart. He was sitting down. He was still a head taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> when I was walking with him down the hallway in Daily Show, I don't think I ever was able to like look. It was like looking into like I never I couldn't lean back far <laughs> enough to see the man's face. Like He's a fucking juggernaut. <laughs> How tall well, is he? I love it. But he's a sweetheart. He's a very nice he's man. He's six five. Oh yeah. He that's feels like he's huge. six thousand. I also Googled him and in that Google it says he's worth a billion dollars, which it's- we've covered, but that, that is crazy. <laughs> Net worth of a billion dollars is a it's lot so much of money. money. That's not even real money. It's not I mean at that it's point not. it's not. That's so wild. I do want to go down to the studio that he did because the studio that he built, the new one, is on a old confederate army base which is yes we've oh, hilarious yes yes i don't yes. know if, i don't know if Wait, we knew did it was know, confederate we army, didn't know though. it was confederate no no i think we just knew it was army base it was originally a confederate army base and then the u.s government when the when the south lost it became a u.s government army base and it was open up until like the mid-2000s like the army base like oh wow only closed a couple years ago and they mm-hmm. weren't doing anything with the land because it's in downtown like it's near it's in Southwest Atlanta. Southwest is in South Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fucking land. And the city was like, come get it. We can't use it. There's a fucking wow. golf course out here. We don't want it. And, and you know, old boy bought it. But yeah, it used to be a Confederate army base. Wow. I love it. That's Reclaim cool. the land. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we normally read reviews. Uh, if you want to give us five hallelujahs. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can. Hallelujah. And we'll hallelujah. read it. Um, so this is from Nessie Spooky. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, like Nicole. Yep. <laughs> so you know how to do yep. it. Yep. <laughs> exactly how to do it. I wasn't sure about the Tyler Perry season, but I love the intro music. I love the episodes. The guests are amazing and funny. How much Lauren and Nicole love and the way they talk about the movies. It makes me want to watch them. Truly can't stop. It's so funny that people listen to this without watching, without the watching it. I know. I can't stop tee hee uh, while I listen at work. 
That's nice. Oh, wait, so they're giving reviews. Of, you're, uh, you're not doing reviews of the show. You're doing reviews of your podcast. Reviews of our yes, podcast. Reviews yes, reviews. Yes, if you review and if our, you, I think that's even better. <laughs> if you are out there and you want to write a review, we will pick one to read next episode as well. And Dulce, do you have anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, I'm on The Daily Show when I'm on it. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> figure that shit out. Wait, I'll post it when I'm on. Um, Great North is um, on Sundays on Fox at 8.30. And um, and you were just on Seth Meyers. Which I was just on Seth Meyers last night um, wearing a dress that Nicole Byer gave me like <laughs> I gotta four watch years ago. I love it. I love that you found a use for it. Listen, I that's I've. My the first dress I was gonna wear, like the sunlight hit it, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" There's like a spot on this dress, and I couldn't get oh. it out mm. because it was from Rainbow, so I couldn't put it in the washing machine because it's <laughs> flammable. Oh, right <laughs> it's from, from Rainbow, and I was like, "Fuck!" What else do I have? And I was like, oh, "The dress from Nicole." Amazing! So, um, I love it. Honestly, friend, it was like you came through in a pinch. Um, oh. I have various other jackets and boots from you that I love. So I just gave my friend the silver shoes you gave me. I so, love it. Sisterhood of the traveling stuff. Sisterhood of the traveling stuff. Like, you know, one day Nicole's buyer's clothes will be all over the nation. I'm just wearing them all sizes. <laughs> oh, just a bunch of fat ladies being like, oh, yay! We did it! Honestly, Nicole is the only fat girl I've ever known that could buy, can fucking find thrift clothes. Because me, <laughs> this fat girl goes in a thrift store and I'm like, one, I'm itchy. Two, um, fat people don't give away clothes. Like, I've never gone in a thrift store and been like, I could wear this. Like, I've never. So I'm always amazed that you can find oh, gorgeous thank things. you. You are a... Listen, if, if thrift store clothes would make me itchy, I'd be right alongside you. <laughs> I thought I was an asshole and everyone's like, no, they're itchy. And I was like, fucking thank you. <laughs> yeah, that made total sense to me when you said it. There's <laughs> a feeling in the air, but it's still fun. Um, well, thank you so much for being here with us today. That was so fun talking to you. Thank you. Uh, oh, Nicole, we have to have a conversation offline. But oh. anyway, <laughs> catch up, catch up, catch up. Okay. She well, knows thanks, why. You guys. Um, um, thank well, you for we, having me. This was amazing. I was glad to be able to talk about my experiences. <laughs> it was so fun to hear about someone. I think you might be the first person we've talked to who's had an inside yes. scoop, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm um, from Atlanta. So all we did was talk about Tyler Perry all day. <laughs> I honestly truly loved hearing that it's three takes move on (laughs) I I just eight days for acrimony this man's incredible we'll be back next week with another episode I don't know what it's going to be but I'm excited (laughs) yeah and if if you're out there and you're wondering what the next thing is we usually tweet about it under whatever our our current week is so if you want to watch the thing before the next episode comes out just look on Twitter it's probably there Twitter will help thank you Bye. bye bye was a HeadGum original.